Now, I want you to envision yourself in this situation. Whether you were given five bags, two bags, one bag, ask yourself, what would you do with what your master gave you? Just keep that in mind, and hopefully the answer you have now won't be the same when we get to the end of the lesson. Now, I promise this isn't a typo for the title of the lesson. Cautionary Tales. That what we're going to talk about are a couple of parables this morning. And yes, they're cautionary tales in the conventional sense. They're stories teaching a warning of danger. It just so happens these cautionary tales are cautionary tales about caution. That these stories are teaching a warning of the danger of being overly cautious, resulting in inaction. That what good is it to have a faith that's not active? So the first cautionary tale we're looking at is in Matthew chapter 19. And it's the rich young ruler. Which I'm sure we're all familiar, or most of us are familiar with that story. Even if it's just from Sunday school. So we're going to start in verse 16 of Matthew chapter 19. Just then, a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me what is good? Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want eternal life, keep the commandments. Which ones? He inquired. Jesus replied, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal... You shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad, because he had a great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again I tell you, it is, it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, They were greatly astonished and asked, Who then can be saved? Because the rich and powerful, you would assume they would get saved first. Jesus looked at them and said, With a man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So what made the rich young ruler cautious? Or I should say, overly cautious. It's important to note, he followed the law. So he didn't completely trust in his wealth. He saw that there was more to life than money. Than that prestige that that wealth gave him. So that's important to note. He followed through. He followed the commandments, at least by his account. But he was held back by that money. He wouldn't get rid of his money 
So he didn't completely trust God either. Starting to feel uncomfortable a little bit. The second cautionary tale we're going to look at this morning is the man who had three servants. Now, sometimes we refer to this parable as the parable of the talents, or whether we look at it in Matthew or Luke, or the parable of the money. So starting in verse 14, Again, it will be like a man going on a journey, who has called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went out at once and put his money to work and gained five bags of gold more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should not put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I... Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have at least received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will, not, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be, get, will be taken from them and thrown and throw that worthless servant out into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That we got to evaluate all three of them, right? The first two we can call successes. The first two servants used what their master gave them. 
and they were blessed because of it. They had twice as much money to give back to their master when he returned. Now, they very easily could have lost it all. But for the purposes of the parable, they didn't. They doubled what they were given. So what made the third servant overly cautious? The fear of losing what he was given. You could say that he was also fearful of what the master would say if he did lose everything. It was his fear that held him back. His fear that called him not to act. Now our third cautionary tale is us, the church. There have been instances from early in the church's history all the way up till today of times that we've stood by and done nothing. We have been overly cautious. That we see pain, sickness, suffering, those in need, and yet we do nothing. That is painful. That's all the more reason not to hold back in our faith. Yes, here at Crossroads, we serve a lot of different ministries. We give in a lot of different ways. Locally, internationally. It's only been a couple weeks since we've raised $2,000 to go to the James Connection and to Angel's Place. And a wonderful work there. But as individuals, and as our church individually, and the church worldwide, there's so much more we can do. If we're bold in our faith, we can serve others. And in serving others, they're going to ask, what makes you different? Then you can share the gospel. You can share a bold faith. That what makes us, the church, too cautious? Oftentimes, our money and earthly blessings. Thinking we can serve two or more masters. And a lot of times, fear and worry hold us back to the point that we don't act. Now, Jesus gives a direct response to these things. That He told these parables for a reason. He also spoke the greatest lesson ever taught. That in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, if you want to turn over there, there's a direct response to all the things listed here. And yes, this isn't a comprehensive list. You can think of other things that hold us back as the church. But if you look at these three, they encompass a lot of what holds us back. So in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where, is, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He goes on to say, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one 
and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You could also say, you can't both serve God and yourself. If you're so concerned about your well-being and what will happen to you and what will benefit you most, you're not thinking about what benefits God most. You're not thinking about what benefits Christ most. And you're not thinking about what benefits God's kingdom most. That if we're too wrapped up in our money and earthly blessings, or if we think that we can serve two or more masters, we're mistaken. And we put our faith in something that ultimately is worthless. Because what is it for us to gain the entire world and lose our own souls? Picking up in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet the Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See the flowers that grow in the field? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was clothed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will He not much more clothe you? You of little faith. Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That Jesus spoke to the things that we're talking about. The things that concern us and hold us back. The things that make us too cautious. The things that cause us not to act when we should. And by no means am I saying go run out and do everything and give away every possession you have. If that's, what's God, if that's what God has called you to do, wonderful. And I still believe He will take care of you. But I'm talking about the kind of caution that causes you to say, I'm not going to do this because I'm worried about this. I need to have a new wardrobe. I need to have steak, you know, at least three times a week. And trust me, I struggle with that. It's my favorite meal. But Lord knows I can find something else to eat that's cheaper. That we are confined and restrained by things that ultimately don't matter. Our Savior knew that. Our Savior told us about it early in His ministry to say, don't worry about these things. Don't build up for yourself earthly wealth and blessings here because they're not going to last. Don't try serving two masters because you'll end up loving one and hating the other. 
So you're either going to love the world and love yourself, or you're going to love God. There is no in-between. We need to be bolder. We need to be a people of faith. Because we certainly don't want to end up like this passage in Revelations, talking to the Laodiceans. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either, one or the other. So, because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I, count, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich and white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I know that's not a pleasant message to hear, necessarily. But I think it's one we need to be reminded of. That if we are too cautious, if we allow ourselves to sit and do nothing, How then will God work in the world? And how then could that not be His response to us? As individuals, as our church, or as the church as a whole, how could that not be His response? So I ask you, what would you do with what your Master gave you? Whether He's given you a lot or given you a little, what would you do with it? That your answer will greatly impact how you move forward and how you grow in your faith. We need to be a church on fire. We need to be a church that is bold in seeking after Him. That this morning, really all week, I've struggled with how to close this sermon and thinking about it. And I found, I don't have the words for it, but I did find a song that encompasses it and says it far better than I could. And yes, I looked and looked for an acapella version. There's not one yet. It's still a new song, but I do want to play it for you this morning. And I want you to pay attention to the lyrics. Pay attention to what it says. Set your rule and Again, increase in us, we pray. Unveil why we're made.
to set our hearts ablaze with hope Like wildfire in our very souls Holy Spirit, come invade us now We are your church We need your power in us We seek your kingdom first Hunger and we thirst Refuse to waste our lives For you're our joy and prize To see the captive hearts released The hurt, the sick, the poor at peace We lay down our lives for heaven's cause We are your church This And you listen to the lyrics. Come set our hearts ablaze with hope, like wildfire in our souls. Holy Spirit, come invade us now. You, or we are the church. We need your power in us. If you aren't moved by that, if you don't see a need for that, I pray that God gives you sight to see it, that He gives you ears to hear it, a heart to long for it, and the talents that I don't possess myself to help bring His kingdom here.
don't sit and do nothing. It's better to try and fail than to never try at all. If you find yourself this morning in need of encouragement, if you find yourself in need of this kind of fire and passion for your faith, don't leave here wanting. We're here for you. You can come forward and ask for encouragement and receive it. You can stay where you are, talk to somebody. Join us as our Life Connection groups meet tonight. Don't waste today and do nothing. Last week, we had Toby who gave his life to Christ. If you feel that this morning, if you want to make that commitment for the first time, don't sit and do nothing. This is the place and this is the time as together we stand and sing.